Hey everyone, this is Dahlia for day 22 of our 31 days of Halloween. We decided to pull out one of our favorite bonus episodes, which is Return of the Living Dead and absolute one of our favorite movies. Since we moved our Buy Me a Coffee membership to Patreon now, we decided we would share one of our favorite bonus episodes and one of our favorite movies, Return of the Living Dead. So hope you all enjoy. Hello, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Welcome, everyone, to our bonus episode. Bienvenidos! Okay, you're going to do that sound? It's my new thing, man. It's my thing now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if you all didn't know already, it is Alma's birthday month. It is her birthday week. Therefore, she got to choose our movie for this month, our bonus episode. Bonus episode! Bonus! Bonus! We're what we watched. The Return of the Living Dead. The Return of the Living Dead. Okay, so this is a really special reason I picked it too. Because this, I believe, is the first horror movie I ever saw. It, it, I believe that. Because I was young when I watched this. Alma must have been very young because I know I was too young to be watching this. She's younger than me. So yeah, this very well could have been your first one. Little baby Alma sneaked up behind the sofa (laughs) while um, my siblings were watching it with some cousins Mm -hmm. on VHS. Yeah. And I, nobody, this is the thing. Somebody asked on Twitter, what, what, like, were you allowed to watch horror movies when you were growing up? The thing is, we pretty much were left to watch anything we wanted as long as we didn't fucking bother any of the grownups. Yes. So that is from a true. very young age, we knew don't fuck with the grownups. Don't bother the grownups yeah. and they won't bother you. Yeah. So they were watching this. And I remember the only the only thing my mom ever said about horror movies was don't watch something that you're going to have nightmares and then fucking chingar la madre later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... This one here was like, I knew full well was going to give me <laughs> nightmares. And and Dahlia brought up how I used to hate zombie movies in yeah, general. You did. I couldn't get through them. I couldn't. I would watch them. And, and it was because of this. I wouldn't call it traumatic because now it's rather endearing. <laughs> 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 because... Uh, zombies they gave me such terrible nightmares now we were kids we had night terrors i had a lot of sleep paralysis Mm. episodes triggered from the lack of sleep i got from watching these movies and we loved it oh yeah this movie was great too because like you said we watched it at our cousin's house roberto and alvarito um they're the ones we always considered them our rich cousins because they had a they had a vcr (laughs) So we watched it at their house, and I vividly remember being like practically pasted uh, onto the TV. I was so close; I was on my stomach, all with my head in my in my uh, what is it? My my chin in my hands as I'm watching it. And I remember watching this and being terrified, but trying to act tough because I was around my my older boy cousin. So I was just like, "Oh yeah, there's no big deal." It terrified me though this movie because. Um, for years afterwards, we lived in, next to an alley growing up, an alleyway, 
And I swear, because I, I, I worked myself up so much that I could hear moaning from the fucking living dead coming down that alley because that's how fucked up this this movie, just the feelings of that anxiety that the, that it gave me at a young age. And it was and it was that I needed to watch it to the end to get the uh, the closure of the feeling. I always insisted on watching them till it got to the end so that I would feel better. And the thing was, I would if I didn't finish it, then I went to bed with like that that dread of like knowing about the zombies. Um, this was really fun. We I watched it again yesterday or day before because. Uh, I realized my husband had never seen this movie. Now, he was the kind that wasn't allowed to watch these kind of movies or any movies, really. So it was interesting because I absolutely love that I can find another grown-up who's never seen this movie and get their first reaction and watch them like this. Did you see that? Oh, my God. And so watching it with them was uh, a little extra fun because he'd never seen it. He'd never seen it. And so it was, it was kind of exciting to, to watch it. But we rented this again and again. We saw it on TV again and again. It was like an experience, the fun of it you know, watching this movie. It was, it was fun. Okay. I love that. I love that you were able to experience that. Cause I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you right now, uh-huh. this movie was not as fun as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more fun and uh, we'll, I'll talk about it while we go through the movie, but um, I was ready for a fun watch. I'm like, yeah, I love this movie. And then um, that is not the experience I had this time. So it should be interesting as we talk. I, you can talk about how how um, Sean enjoyed or didn't enjoy or how tell me some shit that how he experienced it for the first time, how you're experiencing it through his eyes. And then I'll tell you <laughs> how much uh, how um, how I felt watching this movie. All right. So Alma, you want to go ahead and begin? Yes. Um, OK, this one was written by. Um, John Russo, Rudy Ritchie, Russell Streiner, and directed by Dan O'Bannon. So this is this is the Return of the Living Dead, nineteen eighty-five. This is the one we watched. Nineteen eighty-five. Was I right about that? Yeah, eighty forty-five. Yeah. Okay, we'll just go with that. Alma was very tiny watching this. Okay, picture this, Sicily. <laughs> okay, for our cast, we have Clue Gallagher, James Karen, Don Kalfa, Tom Matthew, Beverly Randolph, John Philbin, Jewel Shepherd, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Um, Brian Peck, Linnea Quigley, Mark Venturini, Jonathan Terry, and Kathleen Cordell. Now, I mentioned all their names, and I know I did it really fast, but this one was, I like it sometimes when they have a lot of characters. It didn't make it busy, but you needed more people. You needed more people uh, to set up the craziness that is this movie. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they each are so very different and they each add something to this movie like where you could find yourself in this movie oh that could be me that could be me uh i could totally see myself doing that and so yeah i really like the characters in this one okay so picture this louisville kentucky there is a new employee in a medical supplier company called unida unida is that how you say it unida which says um that you need it we got it and the scene opens up with Frank and Freddie. Frank's um, like the supervisor, Freddie, mm-hmm. and there's a bird 
Bert is the big boss. And he's going home and Frank's showing the new kid, Freddie, the ropes. And um, they are a medical supply company. They supply corpses, animals to vets and things like that for medical schools. Um, the boss leaves. It's the day before Independence Day. I don't even think that plays into the movie at all. It doesn't, but it's, it's you know what, it could maybe, I don't know, but um, oh. you're, are you reading this from IMDb or Wikipedia? Yes, this is the one I got from IMDb. There's another one from Wikipedia, but I figured we'd just read okay, go for it. this and then we'll discuss it. Bert Wilson is the boss and he leaves for the day. Um, there's a human corpse in the freezer. Frank shows Freddy the prosthetics and half dogs. Frank tells Freddie about how the army forgot some caskets with living dead inside. Apparently, there was a real incident which inspired George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Something about a chemical substance called trioxin 4-5, which returned dead bodies to the life, to life in the morgue. When the army solved the problem, they didn't know what to do with the remaining corpses and sent them to Unida by mistake. And soon... They forgot to reclaim the living corpses from the medical supply company. The Darrow Company, the one which invented and lost control of the substance, threatened Romero with a lawsuit if he told the truth to the public. Okay, so he's setting it up with mm -hmm. parts of the other movie, but they kind of changed some things around that, you know, the timeline doesn't quite fit. But go ahead, Dali, what are you going to say? No, no, I was going to say, it's funny you said caskets. That's, that's one of the problems right there. There are barrels. They were in some kind of weird, uh -huh. like, hyper chamber or something like that. But yeah. um, it, it's it's interesting that it's it sets it up perfectly. New kid, he, I we say kid, you know, he was he was supposed to be like he look older, teenager, young twenties, and he's um, his job in a spooky place. So of course you're gonna start feeding all these scary stories to uh -huh. him about. I mean, it could have totally be made up. It could have been totally made up. He could have just been. Fucking, fucking just, with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love it. So, of course, you're going to rag on him and, and do all this shit. So, I loved it that he starts right away telling him all the spooky stories and check out these. These are like living dead ones down here. And remember that movie? Because that's so the way we grew up, you know, like everything, like uh, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everybody had a story about how they had a cousin or or a neighbor of a cousin who was one of the victims and all that. So it was yeah, like a little ur like an urban legend. Mm -hmm. And I and and you know the movie itself sets up with those with the thing like everything depicted in this film is true. Yes, and that was the part that scared me the most when I was a kid. You see, like a lot of the movies that we saw, like Friday the Thirteenth movies, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like that's a dream, that's a slasher killer. But the thought that something like some chemical agent could turn us into living dead was what terrified me as a kid. That that aspect of the the zombie the zombie has always been the most terrifying thing to me. That I just you know pretty much gotten over just because I love to watch them. Like I have to watch the zombie movies. So he's telling him this nonsense, but it kind of reminded me of that, uh, you know, the television show where they set people up to prank and it was always the first day on the job that those guys come in to do the job and then they scare the shit out of them. So Frank, the supervisor guy, the older guy, uh, he gets a call from his wife to talk about when you're coming home for dinner, Frank's going to go home. But first he offers to show Freddie the corpses all of the wrinkly bodies behind glass. Frank cleans the glass and hits the containers to show them that they're solid and they're not going to leak. And a green gas spills out, leaving Frank and Ernie unconscious. Immediately, the stuff starts going, you know, 
the music right here. <clears throat> The music, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, the way um, the music starts, it sets the mood, and we see the face melting off of the dude in the in the chamber, and all of it is just so beautiful. I love it. I fucking love the, the way score. The sco it sets this, up. Yeah, because it, it might be a, mu a, a song or maybe without, without words, but the score right here, this always put me in the mood for mm -hmm. the movie. I can yep. hear it in my head, but I'm completely tone deaf. So yeah. I can't, I can't do it. Yep. But, um, and then they show like the body, the, the cadaver hanging in the freezer. Oh yeah. The funny part that I noted though, is because I love the melting face inside that. Oh, I loved it. Casket. I called them canisters because it looked like toxic yeah. waste canisters, but even more like they, they look sturdy. And it was like, why the fuck did this guy hit that? And then that smoke came out and I just pictured like, uh, like the, it was like cartoony, like bad egg smelling uh -huh. smell coming out, but the music was so good. Uh, and then the, when yeah. the, when that corpse start shaking the cadaver, mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, so is he thawing out too? <laughs> I was like, wasn't he in a freezer? So the gas leaked in, it leaked underneath into the area. It just kind of seeped into different crevices and stuff. That's why it was able to reach the dog. It was able to reach everything. So the gas just kind of went everywhere. That's why the dude in the freezer, the cadaver, was able to come alive. So, but yeah, um, it, it's it's just, I think it set it up perfectly. The music, like you said, and then the visuals right there with the face melting and like it always, like you said, always puts me in the mood. As soon as I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, let's get yeah. to it. And you know, it's funny because I always thought it was like a different, different songs. I picture it differently. But once I hear the song, I'm like, yeah, that's like, <laughs> it's a mood setter. Now this, um, in the synopsis, it, it gets down to the time. And I think they're just trying to, to show you that it's a really short amount of time that not only the shit hit the fan, mm -hmm. it doesn't just get out of control. Mm -hmm. It's like in a short period of time they have doomed humanity from oh, yeah. this one simple stupid thing that yeah. he did banging on that canister uh, just to sh just to show off a little bit yeah that he knew uh, something cool it know? hurts it hurts my my soul that that's what it was he just wanted to slap it real quick and then boom that's it that's it that's you it. did it you They're fucked it all up <laughs> they're doomed okay so it's california 1600 hours an army officer colonel glover arrives home late his wife ethel complains that he's to be available all the time he's expecting the chaos to erupt sometime or another it's clear that he's waiting for the living dead to appear although they may never do so ethel complains that the radio equipment interfere with the oven okay now this scene sets it up that the colonel's a dick oh he's a fucking dick <laughs> He's, uh, he's a dick and, um, he's a dick. So, <laughs> but I just want to say this real quick, cause you, you said it, it's 1600 local Pacific time. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you read the bottom when on, in the scene, it says it's 3 PM Pacific time. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like, it took him an hour to get out of his car and walk inside. It's funny because it, it was just a little mistake. It's, it's not a big deal. I just thought it was funny, but, um, it, the, the other thing is that when he walks in, she's setting the table for dinner. At first, what I thought was three, but even then, if it's four o'clock in the in the afternoon, they're setting up dinner for four o'clock. And then he's home early for a fucking colonel. I'm telling you right now, if he's home at either three or four, that's fucking early for an officer. So let's get that straight right there. 
And then, unless he's he's going by, maybe he's going by Eastern time. Maybe that's why he has to stay attuned to Eastern time. We'll just say that, okay? Whatever. But yeah, she says there's there's lamb chops for dinner and I had those for lunch. I'm like, what kind of fucking lunch do you have where you're fucking having lamb chops for fucking lunch? Keep me I know, right. it's so rude. She was being so yeah. courteous. She's like, I fixed you your favorite. And then he's like, I had them for lunch. And then he walked off. Not a thank you, not an mm-hmm. anything. She's laying out the spread on the table. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm like, do you remember doing that? Never. Mm-hmm. I fold a napkin and put a fork and then I like, um, <laughs> just sit down. <laughs> That's but more than I do. <laughs> it's, it was like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? Okay. Yeah. So we said, we we know he's a dick, but it has nothing to do with the movie. I just like that, that we know he is. We don't like yeah. him. So. Meanwhile, Suicide is a punk who drives all his friends around. He's violent and a bit crazy. Because of a row, they end up outside Unida. Freddy is at work and they want to hang out with him. <laughs> so this whole what? thing is weird because I don't think that's what happened. Well, um, first of he, all, I didn't They think... call him for a ride. They call him for a ride yes. so they can go to Freddy's work is what it yes. is because they want to have fun. So all the friends want to go see Freddie mm. and yeah, you, they call up suicide, but the way it, it paints him, I think I, I didn't think he was that violent. I mean, sure. He ends up kind of getting into a little fight with him, but that I would still wouldn't say that was, that's two guys being stupid. That's not, I didn't see him as I also violent. Think for, as far as his character, I think they were going for the misunderstood punk, <laughs> you know, like, um, well, first of all, they only called him to get a ride. And they yeah. were rude to him. So he has every right to be, uh, yeah. you know, pissed off yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, literally, you guys called me only when you need a ride. And then they're like, what time does uh, Freddie get out of work? And they're like, not until 10. His girlfriend's with them. Her name is Tina, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> they're all in the car. It's packed. And they go to his work like at what, 7 o'clock? Because they're waiting for- At 10. It's- for 10. And they're like, yeah. what are we going to do? Just sit here? Um, until 10 o'clock, they got there so fucking early. Did they not have a, but, but they, I like the way they tie it in and says that he says that like, I don't have gas to drive you guys around. We're going to have to, um, we're going to have to hang out here. So yeah. Then comes what's next door. That's where, that's where they decide to hang out. They decide to hang out at the cemetery. Okay. But back inside Frank and Freddie wake up. Okay. It's obvious that they've been unconscious for a little while. Mm-hmm. The wrinkly corpse that they saw inside the casket has disappeared. Frank and Freddy uh, find a half dead dog, a half dog, not half, not half dead. He's a half dog. Half dog dead. Yes. How would you say that? Okay. What are the little vet thingies with the half dog? Okay. I'm going to stop trying to describe it. Okay. Is wiggling around and moaning. There's a hooked corpse inside the re- the freezer that is banging and Frank calls Bert the boss. Okay, so this sets up what's going on in here. What's going on in here is that everything that was a corpse dead. Yeah. Or de- yeah, dead is come back to life, including the animals. Yeah. And one of them is one of the scenes that I always remember as a kid was the it was like what's it called? A cross section of a dog. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when they see it on the outward appearance, it looks like it's just the dog lying mm-hmm. down, whimpering. But then when they flip it over, you can see all of its insides. Yeah, the cross section of it was great. I love that. Uh-huh. And it's whimpering and barking, maybe. And yes. then they're like, 
these two guys, Frank and Freddie, are my favorite characters. They're so they are. They're sweet, but they're funny. Yes. And they act exactly like someone would be like hysterical already. Uh-huh. They're instantly hysterical. Yeah. They're reacting Losing. to what's happening. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> but they start hitting the dog on the ground. And that's you guys, the part it's that's not funny. a real dog. Okay. We're talking about the living the, dead here. So <laughs> yes. But also the funny part is the squeak. It sounds like a squeaky dog toy that they're hitting <laughs> on the ground. So that makes it a little bit funnier. But what's actually maddening, what's actually um, creeping me out when, when I was a kid, what scared me the most was the sound of that cadaver oh banging and yes. moaning and mm-hmm. yelling and it wasn't letting up yeah it was fucked like it was yeah. banging moaning and we saw it in the beginning of the movie it was hanging up in plastic like on a hook mm. like bald this was a cadaver being sent off for medical school so now you know that it's in there it's trapped mm. but this is where it's different like it's a yeah. like it's conscious yeah that's the uh so, so that's that's why it's different than uh, than the others because yeah you're, like you said it's like it's it well obviously we're we're they're conscious because they're walking around and eating shit but also it's aware it's self aware of what the fuck is going on um, and you, like you said the banging that always creeped me the fuck out the screaming the the sound of it oh god it was uh, too much it was a little, yeah. a little like we don't need to be screaming the whole time but it did and then um, I did note that remember the casket when they the canister, whatever you what, want to call uh, it, that had that body in it, it was gone. So he was like, it melted. Yeah. But to it me, it made sense. Like it melted. Like if it had been in there frozen for a really long time, perhaps mm-hmm. hitting the air made it like yeah. just kind of fall apart into a gelatinous blob at the uh-huh. bottom. But um, it always reminded me of why I didn't think Encino Man would could happen. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh if you thought God. I wouldn't, he just melt. <laughs> I love. I have not seen Encino Man in forever. I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> it's, oh, no, that's I. Oh, what? I love. I love Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Oh. <laughs> and we, maybe we did the mummy movies for fun. Okay, so at the cemetery, red-haired trash starts getting turned on, thinking about the most horrible way of dying. That's her name, people. We're not calling her. A oh red-haired yeah, trash. that would be fucking rude, right? She gets hot and starts dancing naked, wishing this... for old men to eat her alive. Tina is jealous of Trash's body, so she tries to diminish it. Okay, I think so, that she tells her to get her put her clothes on. I, so I here's know. the thing: I uh, that that uh, little description in IMDb, she wasn't getting turned on by old. She's telling the story that mm-hmm. that would be the worst death, and then she happens to get turned on by by being in a cemetery. And I didn't think that what you say her name was Tina. I didn't think she was demeaning her. I think she just like okay, we get it. You're you're. Put some clothes on now. We're done. <laughs> but did you notice? I always thought she was naked. Always, always, always thought she was oh, naked. Oh, yeah, I know she up. wasn't. She uh-huh. wasn't naked. She's wearing a fucking bodysuit, which I love. Well, but she, it's, a, it's supposed to, she's supposed to look naked, though. Uh, she was supposed to be naked. Uh, originally, if you read the trivia, what happened was they thought that they wouldn't be able to put it in the theater, like the rating or whatever. And mm-hmm. so they had her shave down there. So well, then once she did that, they looked and they were like, oh, my God, like, we definitely can't put that on TV in the movie. And so then they had to cover her up down there. So it kind of looks like she's like a mannequin ish. Yes. In the down there, like 
smooth <laughs> like a Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's I have a problem with this character because while okay, so see, here's the thing. I love the idea of her being kind of this fun chick who likes the idea of everybody likes has their their things and she's like her thing is like being you know turned on by death and all that it's it's kind of funny i i i'm mixed because of the fact that she's naked and always grinding on shit i it just bothers me it really like why did she need to be naked and grinding on everything she could have been hot and bothered without being naked and grinding on everything i but that's i don't want to take away from this because i still think that the movie has a, a lot of good things in it but this just always bothered me and it bothered me even more now when i'm looking i was like she didn't really need to be naked and grinding i Especially think that they were trying to make that a personality trait yeah. because one of the the other women with them says oh she's taking off her clothes and clothes again like Oh, that's her charming self. That's how she is. And then the other one's like, oh, she's doing it again. You know, like that was her personality yeah. trait where that's not a personality trait. You yeah. know, it's. And then because it, it's OK, so they. To be they, naked is her right. personality. <laughs> so the guys are like with the flares kind of around her. She's dancing naked. But then at the end, she ends up being uh, uh, rebuked by suicide because he mm -hmm. didn't want to have anything to do with her while she's all up on him. So again, it's like, it, she, did she really need to be naked grinding up? Because uh, it ended up not adding anything really to the story other than the fact that we know again that she gets all hot and bothered by, by death, which yeah. she could have been without being without naked and grinding. And eventually just be naked all the time. It was just... <laughs> Well, uh, at UNIDA, Bert is worried about getting sued by the company and investigated by the government since they unleashed this thing. They open up the door of the freezer, they let the corpse out, and then eventually have to cut him into pieces. The undead is still undead, and it, destroying his brain didn't seem to do enough. Okay, there you go. So they decide to go to the crematory of the morgue of Ernie, and he's the owner of the business resurrection funeral services. Okay. So did you notice this? Okay. So they hear all the banging. The boss is there. It's driving them mad. So the boss, the main boss, Bert, he has a pickaxe and he gives it to the most scaredy guy. <laughs> oh yeah. He didn't want to, he didn't want to put himself anywhere near that thing. Yeah, absolutely. But he's making Frank mm -hmm. with the pickaxe. Okay, Freddie, you unlock the cadaver. When he comes running out, Frank, you're going to hit him in the head because they know that this is what they do in the movies to kill the zombies. But when the guy comes running out, he goes straight for the boss. Um, the boss is the one who ends up having to drive the pickaxe through the cadaver, who is screaming the whole time and wailing like, oh, my God. And it doesn't do anything to him. He's still kicking and yelling and screaming. Okay. So that's the part that like, when I remember growing up and watching this several times, it was like, but it's not, it's just adhering to the rules of the zombie world. Like, yeah, you're supposed to be able to chop the head off or stab the brain or whatever. And it's supposed to stop moving. So that's these guys, they, great. Yeah, they, they can't do shit. Yeah, so they decide they're going to cut it up and they're brainstorming in their heads. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And um, so they end burn up like, that bitch. <laughs> yeah, chopping them up and they're going to they're going to burn them. So the, the neighbor guy is the Ernie. I remember his name. He's he's 
I it's across the street or like did they work together or it's on the big same big plot of land you know how you see sometimes things like right on that yeah it's like it's, it's yeah it's not really a street but it's there it's all on the same area so when they take her to the crematorium I just like obviously for me it was like the of course you're gonna do that um I'm remembering it all different so I love being able to watch it again because I just remembered like it like I, I don't know. I just remembered the crematorium being in where they were, but I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, this makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, because I thought it was, was separate. I, yeah, it does make sense why, why it's separate now. But at the time, I think I thought it was all part of like one thing. Yeah. Like one facility, like where mm-hmm. you take the the leftover like people, like after they've been done yeah. with at the medical places, mm-hmm. um, you would obviously go and cremate them mm-hmm. or whatever. So they go yep. to earn me. Um, they go Ernie's character is great. I love him. All of the characters actually really, especially these three that um, that we start with, because his eyes, his face, you could, the way he, he just emoted, you could really see him being a, a, a mortician or, or somebody, or cream, uh, what, what is it called? The cream, crematist? Crematist. <laughs> well, he is a mortician though, because he is preparing bodies for autopsies. Oh, you're I right. Mean, you're right. I mean, doing uh, for burial. Because he mm-hmm. was embalming okay. a man when they showed Oh, that's out. right. He was. He was. You're correct. Uh-huh. But he, they, I could totally see him being like in real life uh, being one. So I think yeah. that, yeah, the main boss guy, that's Bert. I think that could have been anyone. But I think Ernie, um, I like that he looked a little kooky, you know, and it just very like laid back about he's just doing his job or whatever. And Frank and Freddie are just like. They're, they're, they're sweet. They're, they're sweet. And it's hard not to feel bad for them because oh, yeah. they really didn't do anything. Why is that shit just hanging around there? It wasn't you know? their fault. Exactly. It wasn't their fucking fault. I'm over here, Robin Williams. It wasn't <laughs> their fault. Okay, guys. But so, yeah, so I, I like I like those three characters a lot. You're right. The main boss, dude. It could have really been anybody. Not not saying anything about his his acting. It's like you said, um, um, he could have been played by anyone and it has nothing to do against the actor. He did he did well with the role that was written, but they didn't write his role with a lot of uh, eccentricities like they did with the other guys, <laughs> I guess is what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. They really stuck out. Yeah. So um, they interrupt Ernie doing his autopsy. Well, it wasn't an autopsy. This word that says autopsy. Yeah. He was preparing a body, right, mm-hmm. for embalming them. And he says that he has a bunch of weasels in bags that are rabid and he needs to cremate them. But eventually he has to um, explain what happened. And because it's like these bags are wiggling around, you really want me to burn these? He was, he was disturbed by the fact that they were going to burn living weasels alive that they were going to burn so again that i love that because he didn't just go along with it like yeah throw them in he's like wait a minute i can't do this they're alive i can't kill weasels all right so here and lets him peek and he grabs his leg and of course (laughs) that but here's the thing the reason i mentioned that i I know we weren't going to go into a lot of detail talking about this one but i have to mention that part because the thought of that has always freaked me the fuck out the way the arm the hand grabbed his leg and he reacted, that character reacted exactly like I think I would. It was a fucking dead hand grabbed me. Fucking grabbed. And then and then it tears off the lower part of his pants. I would have I, I would have I would have pissed my pants. I'm telling you right now, I would have pissed my pants because that was fucking scary. The idea I get freaked out if I feel a blade of gra- a grass. 
touch my leg. So of course, if a fucking dead hand grabbed my leg, I would fucking freak out at that shit. I would freak out. It's almost 2200 when Freddie finishes work. Tina walks out of the cemetery and goes to the medical supply company to pick him up because 10 o'clock was the time that Freddie's supposed to be done with work. So of course she, she gets curious and heads over there instead of waiting with everybody else. Trash is still naked. The punks are just hanging out in the cemetery. That one dude is hitting on the other punk chick with her cool hair who I thought she was super cute. And um, so Tina heads over to go be curious. And of course shenanigans are going to happen. <laughs> Ernie says that he'll cremate the body if he gives him a big favor because he's pissed off about the pants being torn and remember how he cuts the pant leg off while he's saying, but you're going to owe me a big favor. Ernie says, um, so they load up the body. Ernie says the hardest part to a cremate will be the heart because it's very thick. And, but Bert wants like a promise that they're going to cremate this body and there's going to be nothing left nothing. So that's when they load up the little pieces onto the thing and they're all like wiggling around. And in the trivia, it says that those are actually the monkey toys with the symbols. And then they put them inside the bag, but they took the symbols off, obviously, for the noise. But that whole each individual piece being inside the bag and wiggling around always freaked me out. I hated that. That it was like each oh, yeah. tiny piece. Because each piece is like fucking, yeah. It's, it's an arm. It's a it's, leg. It's a it's head. It's its own thing that's still alive and that's freaky as fuck. Yeah, exactly. The fire seems to do the trick. But through the chimney, ashes and dust mix with the air and the clouds. Immediately a storm breaks out. It rains down. It's a kind of radioactive rain. I like the way it said that. It's a kind of radioactive yeah. raid. Tina gets inside the Unita building, still searching for Freddie, while the rest of the gang all run to their car because the rain falling down on the cemetery is like acid rain. They start fighting and bickering, bickering amongst each other because Suicide's car won't start, of course. And a weird smoke starts billowing out of the chimneys. Now, this is where the music starts, the party song. And um, the, the, you can start hearing all the noises and they're like, what is that? What are you hearing? And it, the moaning and everything. I love this scene so much. I love this scene so much. Is this the part where that skeleton rises up from the grave? No, not yet. That's the ending. Yeah. Wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the ending. I think it happens like twice. For some Maybe reason. it happens twice, but it definitely ends with, with it coming out as well. Okay, Natalia, what about the acid rain? I remember you always had um, talk about the acid rain in the 80s. Oh, yes, because that's literally what I'm thinking of in my head, too. I think they added it because it, acid rain was like a real thing and a real fear. So it's, it was a real thing. But when I take, talk about a real fear, it's because I grossly exaggerated acid rain in my brain um, growing up. And I really pictured myself walking out into the rain and it being acid coming down that we had to protect ourselves from because it would literally melt our skin away. That's my brain as a child in the 80s thinking acid rain if I went out and got, because you just saw it, they were always talking about it. And in movies, yeah, they would make it burn and hurt. And so I imagine kind of like with killer bees that it was going to be a real thing that we were going to have to fight on a daily basis to survive. My 
childhood uh, uh, consisted of me thinking every day was going to be a battle for life, <laughs> whether it was, uh, um, what are they called? Um, uh, uh, sinking holes, not sinking holes, but yes. um, yeah. quicksand, quicksand, uh, killer bees, acid rain, everything was a reality, a real thing that could happen to me. So that was my childhood. <laughs> and this is the thing I would have believed that, okay, so the acid rain is following on them. Um, we're assuming it's acid rain. I think she says it feels like acid rain and the naked chick, maybe there's a purpose here. She's still naked and she's getting burned up like her whole skin. She says it feels like it's burning and whatever. So these guys, these, these freaking jackalopes who just cremated this body, sent up the ashes into the rain, which is produced a chemical now that seeped into the earth and everything. But Dahlia talking about the acid rain, I thought me, I was just stupid, like as a young kid and didn't like, you know, know stuff. But I thought that's what made it like more realistic that this movie was actually real. And I don't know, and I could blame you, but it was probably our older sister, Daisy, who told me that this was an actual real event that happened. And it said it at the beginning of the movie. And it why says would in the beginning, yeah. Why would they put that in the beginning of the movie if it wasn't real? And of course it was real. <laughs> And I was a little bit scared of the rain for a while because of it, thinking about the acid rain or is it getting in the cemeteries? And I was so glad we were inside at night, right? But they're, they're starting to hear all these noises and it is fucked up because they're in their the coffins coming sound. out and um, it's like they're right there next to a cemetery. And it's a huge cemetery. It looks it's a huge. huge cemetery. And you're right. The sounds, that's what really... Okay, so first of all, I, this movie, um, like I said, this time around, I didn't have as much fun with it as I did when I was younger. <laughs> because um, first of all, I love cemeteries. You know that. I love walking in cemeteries, especially older cemeteries, and looking at all the different headstones. And I, I try to imagine the people's lives. It's just my thing. I like to I like to do that. Um and then, of course, when we go visit mother, we'll sit at the cemetery and we'll sit with her for a while. Um, but I, I find them peaceful. I like cemeteries. I like the history mm -hmm. of cemeteries, how peaceful they are and all that. Um, but so and then them kind of being silly and all that, you know, whatever. But um, it was the the moaning that really freaked me the fuck out. Um, I, it scared me um, as a child. But this time. It it uh, it made me really anxious because I think it had a lot to do with, and I will go ahead and just say it has every everything to do with the fact. Actually, not I think um, that I was literally in pain all day yesterday. I was uh, my whole body. Um, well, you know, uh, uh, I just was in a lot of pain. I was feeling it down into my bones, and. They're experiencing the two uh, the two characters as they die. They're feeling pain and they're moaning. And that's like, I'm thinking in my bed, that's literally me. So I was feeling everything. The 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 moaning, the, the pain that the dead are going through, the two dudes dying and feeling everything. That's why this time it was very uncomfortable for me to watch this because I was like, oh my God, I totally feel everything they're feeling because I was in pain in bed watching this, which is kind of hilarious because that's why, so it took a different, uh, uh, it was a different spin of a feeling this time. Instead of being terrified, like, oh, the dead can come and get me. It's like, oh no, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm turning into the living dead. So well, it was like, that's why it oh made me gosh. feel weird. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I, I can see you. I feel you. Because to me, I know it lists as movies, I think, like a comedy horror and all that. And you can tell that they're being very lighthearted about certain aspects of the movie. But I keep mentioning the moaning specifically because it was torturous moaning. It was maddening to the people who are listening to it. Uh, the sound of it was so unsettling and disturbing that that is what really added the fear for me as a child, the fear of growing up still watching it and then re-watching it again this week. I still felt that unsettling feeling. And I'll tell you in a second what Sean said about it too. Ernie checks um, that to make sure that all the body has been turned to ash. Bert hugs him and tells him that he owes him a big time. Both Frank and Freddie are feeling sick and about to throw up. They blame the gas, which knocked them out. Frank throws up. Frank wants to see his wife. Bert calls for an ambulance and says that there are two poisoned patients. And I think it was actually Ernie who called the ambulance. And inside suicide car, trash is still naked and they start hearing the moans of the zombies longing to dig themselves out and eat brains. I like how they added that in there. <laughs> um, okay. So about that part, um, the dudes, Frank and Freddie are fucking fucked looking. I think that's a perfect depiction. Fucking looking they are they look so awful and i uh, <laughs> i always say sometimes i'm glad that they use people of the lighter skin persuasion to show a sick person because i have seriously been on death's door and i look like this <laughs> there's no change in my complexion i have i've been sick i've been no but it's true because we literally get taught in nursing school how to see um things that are usually um evident on on fairer skin people we have to look and pull down eyelids we have to look at fingernails we have to look at it inside the the mouth because it's not going to show up on the on the skin on the face. I had hives the other day all over me and I had to like take a flashlight to my face to show Sean. I had hives. They were everywhere and he's like I just don't and I'm like look look. <laughs> so these two very pale men look so fucking sick. They did a great job. I, I I like that they look so sick and that and Frank is thinking about his wife and, and they just look they look so terrible. And like Thalia said, that this is their decline, what what's happening to them. Um Tina gets to the to Freddie's work and why does she go down the stairs? She finds the open canister which smells horribly bad. The original corpse corpse goes after. Tina. She falls down the stairs because remember the, earlier in the movie they mentioned one of the stairs was broken and she ends up uh, locking herself in a little locker room and the zombie tries to open it and this is when the gang shows up to rescue her. Now <laughs> she went into the basement. She sees their shit all yeah. over the place like there's been yeah. a struggle. I am not going to go down the stairs. I will call 911. <laughs> well, it's funny you're, you say that because, yeah, her character was like that, though, because she ended up staying by his side the entire time. You're right. She it, It's because she loves him. She loves him and that their, their relationship is very cute. What I did find interesting is that the whole gang waited for him to get off of work for three okay. hours. He's they obviously did? a yes. good guy. 
And they did that. And then they were all there to help her. They were at this point, they were all like helping each other and shit. And I thought, wow, okay, that's cool. Even though they're all very different and they all kind of will quarrel with each other. Um, yeah, there are moments later, but at this point, they're they're still kind of like, let's help you, lift you up, blah, blah, blah. Let's get out of here. And and I like that. Well, see, uh, Sean and I both noted, um, because it was the first time that he saw it, he said that none of the, the, the characters are so are unlikable. Nobody is out for themselves. At the point where they call the ambulance, I didn't think that they were going to call the ambulance. I didn't because... I thought they might just be trying to cover their heights. The big boss was like, oh, they're going to sue us for opening those containers. Oh, we're going to get in trouble. But these two guys are sick and they call the police. Their friend isn't on time. So she goes and goes and looks for him. The rest of the gang, they um, there's rain pouring in, acid rain. They don't have anywhere else to go. So they show up there. What they find is the tar man. Now the tar man is my favorite all time character. And I finally found a really good t-shirt. They don't have my size and I really want it. And um, is the gnarliest looking zombie ever. I love the way it's moving back and forth with all the, like the, the tattered rag pieces hanging off of it and the eyes just bulging out of the head. And even though before it was like a wrinkly corpse, it's like now, <laughs> now it's, it's a, it's a full bodied, well-fed man with just shit thrown on him to make him look gnarly, <laughs> but he's shouting brains. Right. And this is the part two where it's like, this is different zombie movie. It's talking and it's coming for you and it's shouting brains. Dale, will you tell us a funny story about our mom comforting our brother in the middle of the night? Oh my God, she was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? Why was that funny? Saying oh, brains to, how old was he? Like five, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> he was at least eight. Okay, but saying brains to him and then like opening her mouth and placing it on his skull and chomping down. <laughs> okay, now it, it's actually kind of funny, but I mean, to a, a, a tiny baby boy, <laughs> it's not. But anyways, I, I, I always remember the way she said that, I, her voice and everything. And, and it's, it wasn't her only time ever doing brains, but that was probably the funniest. No, which also shows you that we were all watching this movie. My mom was fully aware that we were watching these movies and nobody gave a shit. One time I had to watch, and I remember what movie it was. It was Pretty Woman and I believe it was PG-13. And I was at a friend's house spending the night and their parents asked me to call home and ask if I could watch the movie. And I was like, um, yeah, it's fine. Like, I didn't have any idea why I couldn't watch the movie. And they're like, well, it's PG-13 and you're only like eight. <laughs> I don't know how old I was watching Pretty Pink, but for real, it was not 13. And I had to call mother and I was like, fuck, if I call mother, she's going to get pissed. And then she's going to say, no, I can't. So I was like, oh, but they were making me call because if I didn't get to watch the movie and then my friends couldn't watch, it's like I was ruining the slumber party. So I had to call her and ask her, hey, Ma, we're watching Pretty in Pink and it's rated PG-13. Is it okay? What the fuck are you bothering me for? It's like, that's pretty much what I got. Okay, I love you, Ma. Love you too. <laughs> she said, like, that, I love that, you. That's where you run the risk of mother saying no, because she doesn't, that's what was so weird about her. She was so fucking strict about some things, but then other shit was just like, just don't fucking bother me. I don't fucking care. 
As long as you're not getting pregnant right now, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Avoid dying and getting pregnant. Those are yes. the two rules. Don't die and or get pregnant or in those opposite order. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that would that would have scared me too because I'm like, oh, because I bothered her, now she's going to say no. Okay, so the tar man is doing something really funky here. He is, why does he know how to use tools? <laughs> They're all, they all retained their, their humanity and you remember how to do shit. Yeah. So he gets a chain and he hooks it up to the locker room thing that Tina is hiding in. And she's just like screaming at hysterical. It's like, you're not even safe anywhere. These zombies, there's nowhere to be safe from them. They can you're run. Fucking they dead. turn doorknobs. They can use tools. Yes. <laughs> and he rings up the, the, the thingy, like the pulley system. And he starts yanking the doors open when the rest of the punk punks arrive and i love calling them punks because it <laughs> and they show up they're like what the fuck i would just the drop dead <laughs> and the tar man gets a uh, suicide in the head and starts eating his brains but they manage to save tina run up the stairs and block the rest of them in and that was so sad because he came to help Poor suicide. Again, he there was all there was no unlikable characters, and suicide yeah. was there was nothing wrong with this character, and they fucking kill him like right away. His head gets munched. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the paramedics arrive, and I was so happy they actually uh, showed up because for real, my whole fear was that they were not going to call the paramedics or that they were joking about calling, not joking, but they pretended to. So the paramedics do arrive and the guy's tongues are orange. They're checking their temperature. They're like, um, you know, I can't hear your pulse. And then they go off to the side and it reminds me of death becomes her where they're like, hmm, like, what are we going to do here? <laughs> Let's have a meeting about why the fuck is this person not have a pulse? And this freaks Frank and Freddie out even more. They're in pain. Their temperature is room temperature. They said it was like 70 degrees or whatever. And they're like, well, what do you mean? We're not dead. And that freaks them out, though, to think that they don't have a pulse. That reaction was so sad. But it was kind of funny at the same time and kind of like uh, just really scary the way you mentioned the moaning and how um, you could feel that pain that they're in. They're in that pain because they are dead. That gas has killed them. And I and I noted that remember when they let the cadaver out of the locker and it came running out and they had their plan that they're going to get it in the head with the axe. It ran right past Freddie and Frank and it went straight oh, for the boss. Shit. I realized okay. that I think for the first time last night. I was oh. like because they're fucking dead and they're hysterical and they're oh, dying and they're God. dead. Okay. The yeah, the paramedics medics leave so they can go get something. I don't remember, but then they get caught by zombies. And um it was so sad cuz I was like well, they went outside to get the stretchers because they were going to carry them out. Remember, they were in so oh, much they pain. They couldn't walk or move or anything. So they were going to go get the stretchers. Oh. And then, yeah, they get got outside. And then we're hearing the fucking zombies talking because they, they call. They, they use the radio to ask for more paramedics because they want more brains. And um, so the zombies, now we have another thing. They can use tools. They can run. They can they can they turn doorknobs and they can talk. And it's They're communicating. Oh fucking God. 
oh dear lord but okay i'm gonna jump ahead because i'm oh. gonna talk about the woman the go woman because they, they go through all these things they're, they're boarding up shit but the woman that they end up getting first of all it, it's hilarious her little her little skeleton hand coming in but i i just fucking hilarious I, when i was little it was scary now as an adult it was funny but then when they get her on the table because she's just the torso like from the waist up and and she's a, a skeletonized she has like red hair or I don't even know if it was red. I think it may have been blood. It, in was, it was blood mixed <laughs> okay. with her long, like blondish gray oh, hair. Okay, gotcha. So she's just scary, skeletonized with a little bit of flesh on her, blood on her I'm on her hair, and what? The pain. Yes. <laughs> do it again. That's scary. The pain. That. That right there is fucking blood curdling. Because again, when she talks about her experience. It's not just, again, when I was little, it was more like, oh my God, this thing can eat my brains. But now when I'm laying here again in pain and I'm watching her saying about the pain and that the only thing that makes it feel better is eating the brains because that will take away the pain for a little bit. And like I said, I'm laying there in bed, just literally writhing in pain, hearing her. And I'm like, this is too real for me. This is just a little too real. <laughs> I was like, I was losing it. <laughs> That is so messed up because it's it's like you never thought about the other side after death or whatever. And here this thing is in this movie telling you that it is painful to be dead. And then you know why Frank and Freddie are feeling the way that they are because they're dead. And that feeling of, you know, the rigor setting in when they show his back and that I love the practical effects in this movie. Oh, yeah. By the way. This woman who's the half person, they cut her in half, trying to pull her through the window. And it was like, oh my gosh. And there's two dudes underneath that table, the um, the exam table that are moving her around. But did you notice the spinal cord moving and it's leaking fluid? I was like, they even made it clear like, like CSF coming out of her spinal column. I was like, that was messed up. It was, wow. I, I really, I really like that. So outside shit has gone crazy because all of those zombies from the from the um what's it called the cemetery cemetery yeah while the punks are trying to get inside uh trash i think it's the only one who's killed here and uh, she gets her brains eaten up and the rest of them make it inside but they all start boarding up the place together together so they're in there but i love that they all together get to working and boarding up the windows. And what's his face? Miguel Nunez Jr. was the, I don't know what his character is. Um, he says, how many fucking windows are in this place? Because they're just boarding the shit up, boarding the shit up. And he has like a never ending supply of wood. And they even start using like the pew benches, like from the uh, church and the chapel. Pew, 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 the pew, pew pews. And they're <laughs> nailing everything up. And then they decide that they're going to put Frank and Freddie somewhere safe because if they're going to turn into that, they care enough. Like they don't. So yeah, they, they put them in the chapel and she decides the girlfriend that she's going to stay with them. See, that's why it was believable that she would go down looking yeah. in a place that look because she ends up staying with him here too, even though she knows she, she, she knows it, but she, like you said, she loves him. She loves him like I don't even fucking know what kind of love that is to to I don't I it's don't a love it. that I do not have <laughs> that's literally what it sounded like I, I said from you. 
<laughs> That's literally what it sounded like I was trying to, like I was saying. But what I meant was it's because she's she's not even thinking straight right here. She's just like, uh, he's in pain. Um, they were okay with being let in left in there. Again, this goes to show their their character. They're they're such good guys. They know they don't want to hurt him, but he also knows there's nothing he could do to keep his girlfriend from from not staying. She was gonna stay, period. So she stays in there. Um later on when okay when it gets opened, I don't remember why it gets opened, but whatever. So um, they've turned now. Oh yeah. I remember now. Okay. So they, they finally turn completely over. Um, the, the boyfriend starts chasing the girlfriend around trying to eat her brains. And again, this is what's so spooky. He's talking to her. He's telling her like, I'm going to eat your brains. Come over here. That's what's fucked up about it. It's not just like slow walking toward her. It's, it's just like a regular person that's fucking just batshit hungry for your brains, chasing you down. Oh yeah. And they also happen to be uh, dead, but it's so weird. But so when they go in there to save her, the old dude leaves. And I remember when I watched it again (laughs) this time, because I remember that when I watched it before, and sometimes I forget little, little details when I rewatch a movie. So when Mm -hmm. I saw him leave, I forgot the reason he he left. So I was like, Oh, look at go. What's he going to do now? Where, who's he going to get? But it, but we'll find out in a little bit that because um, I'll let Alma read more the 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 from IMDb. But he left, and I'm, I'm the whole time this is going on over here with the boyfriend and the girlfriend and everybody over here. I'm thinking like, what the fuck is he doing again? Because I forgot, you know, because I forget details when I watch movies over and over um, where he was going. So all I could think about because I knew what was going on over here. What's, what what the old man go do? What he go do? I don't know. And it was great. Um, Sean noticed it. The way he scampers away, like, doop, doop, doop. but he doesn't go after anybody. That's the best part is that he's, he sneaks away. Like it, he's seen Freddie doing his shit and in the fucked up situation. And I'm like, I think he's good. You know, you, you have that. He was, he was, mm. he stayed, he stayed, he held it together as long as he needed to. So that, well, he ends up going to the crematorium and that, part is the most heartbreaking shit in the whole fucking world right there when he knows that in order to not be contributing to whatever the fuck is going out there he's he puts himself in the and that that is what terrified me yeah he climbs as a child in. and now yeah I climbs, can be- <laughs> oh yeah can you imagine little us and him climbing in there pulling out the the thing, putting himself in there, closing the door. He took his ring off and he prayed for his wife. And I'm going to drag it out because it's so sad. <laughs> it's horrifyingly sad. And then he's screaming inside there while he cremates himself. It was like, what? You know, that was that was the most messed up part, other than the lady on the on the on the exam table. Um, so poor Frank, he knew what's happening to him. He he did what he the only thing he could do that he could think of because actually the most brilliant thing that they realized from the beginning is, you know, that you can't kill them. You can't cut off their heads. They can't uh, do anything with their brain. They keep coming. What was the only effective way to get them gone? Fire, burn them till they're nothing, till there's nothing left. That's pretty much the only thing that they're going to be able to do. Uh, the punks, they somehow separated into two different groups. So some of them are there in the um the the what's it called the funeral home and some are over there two of them are stuck over there with the tar man he's locked up 
Now they know that they need to call for more help, which they've done, but there's like a barricade being set up with police officers, but they have no fucking clue what's going on. Okay. They managed to get a hold of the help, but as they do, the cops are overtaken by the fucking zombies. There's hundreds of them. Because they can run and like, like they're still dexterous and like yes. doing shit. And it's they're fucking like, freaky. Well, off off screen, they were having a meeting. They were <laughs> uh they were like zombies. Oh, oh, you too. Oh, can someone help the half one? Okay. <laughs> they they bring each other, they got in a little group, they had a huddle, and they're like, okay, there's a big bunch of good food waiting for us at the barricade, but we're all gonna have to run at the same time. <laughs> but what was great is that they already know shit's going down and these cops are trying to form a blockade, but it's like, it's not stopping anything because there's like no fence. There's no, there's no, what, what are you going to block them off with? It's just a horde of brain thirsty demons, brain hungry demons. <laughs> zombies coming for them and they get, they get all fucked. And again, one of the zombies gets on the radio and calls for more cops. Yes. And that zombie guy in that, car scares the shit out of me sean laughed hysterically when the oh cop really was, when the cop zombie was standing in the street directing the cop car oh. in which direction <laughs> to go. well it's really funny though because okay so the in the in the ambulance they said more send more paramedics here they say it send more cops and i'm telling you that i remember vividly it was a memory of mine that they were saying more brains send more brains <laughs> So obviously that's just my childhood brain was thinking that that and carried that memory because essentially that's what they were asking for. But they did say paramedics, cops. But in my head, it was oh, send more brains. <laughs> it was it was great. Um, at this at this point, we have. OK, so we have them in two separate buildings. Uh, Bert, he decides, you know what we need to do? We need to get to that cop car. It's still running. Um, he tells one of the, the punks that's with him, uh, you're going to come with me. He tells Tina, you're going to shut the door behind me super fast and you and Ernie stay here and we're going to drive the car back around. You're going to jump in. And at this point, it's like, is he going to take off? Is he just going to leave them? But immediately they're overrun by zombies. There's so fucking many. Like, that's the thing about this one. It's like, they're, they're running just as fast as us. They're coming just as fast as us, but there's way more of them than us. And they quickly overtake the car. They end up crashing it, but they take off. And Tina's like, they left this, they left this. And Ernie's like, no, I know Bert. He is going to go get help, which is actually what they were trying to do. They're like, oh shit, we can't turn around. So I love that, that they didn't turn out to be one, you know, for themselves. They're like, yeah. we can't get back at them, but we can get help. Let's get them help. We're going to come back for them. Yeah. And, but they end up fucking crashing and then they uh, end up in the fucking medical stupid uh, yeah, yeah, building. Yeah. So now yeah. it's those guys over there, the rest of them back there. It's and like everybody's no everywhere. Everybody's yeah. everywhere. They don't have any fucking cars. The fucking zombies can turn doorknobs. They can fucking talk. They can run. They can use tools. <laughs> they, oh my God, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. These are the They're zombies. Like genius zombies. You cannot survive. You can't survive this uh this version of a zombie no you're fucked because you are they're gonna absolutely find fucked. You. and then just imagine if your loved ones were coming at you please help me feel better oh. that, that's a zombie <laughs> voice no. help me feel better <laughs> 
I became like an old colonial <laughs> fucking zombie. So, okay. So everybody's separated. Um, what they finally, they have to get away. Um, the girlfriend and Ernie, Ernie, I, I'm getting mixed up their, their names. Ernie. Yes. They have to get, get away because the boyfriend is still coming after them. So they go up to an attic. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the ending just yet because everybody knows what the ending is. But when they're getting up into the attic, I'm telling you right now that I forgot the ending. <laughs> So they get up in the attic and I'm trying to remember like, how do they get away? I don't remember how they get away. I kept thinking that over and over. Um, but they, they're able to get up in the attic to get away from is the being, ch- oh my God, the eyes, the, when they had spilled the acid, cause they thought the acid might oh, help yeah, I forgot. when they, they threw, threw that it. on his eyes. Those eyes always freak me the fuck out the way they all swollen and gross and disgusting. <laughs> it's like, that was great because I could feel it. I've seen something similar. <laughs> and then at the same time, it's like, but yet he smells her brain. And that's how he can find her. He fucking smells her brain. Oh, God, that was just, that's horrifying. That's horrifying. But I like that other chick punk. Um, the one that you were talking about, the prep punk. Mm-hmm. I really, really like her. And even though it's kind of funny that she tells the dude, like, um, when they're, it's just both of them sitting there for, this was earlier, but for a minute they're sitting there because he was hitting on her and she like turned him down. And then right now in that moment of like, they're both scared. She's scared. She looks over at him and she's like, I never really liked you, but give me a hug or whatever she says. <laughs> I love that part because she's still saying, you know, like, you know, I, I, I but, but I'm human and I just need some comfort right now. <laughs> and it's, I just thought that was funny. Okay, so um, the two of them went up to the attic to hide. Now, it, it, they they help her out all the time, but I love that Ernie is hurt and he still helps t- Tina go hide up in the attic. And at the other location, they're kind of trapped. They need a phone. There's no other phone except where the tar man is. So once again, Bert's like, brilliant plan. They're like, but he's down there. How are we going to get in there? And he's like, just open the door, let him out. And he uses a baseball bat and just doinks the the fucking zombie's head off, which goes flying. And then they lock themselves in the basement so they can get to the only phone. They call the police and they are already overtaken by zombies. They can hear the screaming on the phone. And that's when um, Sean noticed it from the beginning of the movie. He's like, there's a number on the side of that canister. So they call the phone number and they give the information of where they're at. And it's like the people on the other end and have been waiting for this. This dude, this is all he's been waiting for his entire fucking career. The colonel's like, yes. He comes home every day by four o'clock just to, just to say (laughs) today is another successful day of not finding Easter (laughs) eggs. As he said, (laughs) Oh my God, this is so funny. He's so it's like, yeah. So finally, he knows where they are, that now mm-hmm. they can fucking finally take care of it. Because that's all they were waiting for. Because mm-hmm. they were waiting to find out where those fucking things were so they can destroy them. How do they fucking decide they're going to destroy them, Alma? This is great. Uh, this is actually yeah. great what they do. They we're just going to bomb the shit out of the place. We're going we're gonna to nuke them. Let's, let's just blow up the whole place. But they knew. That's because they knew that there's no other way to kill these zombies. Exactly. They knew. They to, knew. And it was interesting because Bert feels relieved to be talking to the military people or that they have connected him to the military people and that they have a contingency plan just for something like this. But the the other two that are in there with him, but are like, but 
that doesn't sound right. Like they know that doesn't mean they're coming to get us. And meanwhile, Tina and uh, Ernie are over there and he has a gun and he's looking at her like, I think we should, I should kill her. Like, it looks like he wants to kill her to put her out of her misery. And then himself. So that, that doesn't, yeah, because other, oh. they know what's coming. Yes. And he's just like waiting to the last second to possibly do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they know what's coming. And then what happens at 5.01 AM in the morning, Easter time, a nuclear explosion destroys the city of Louisville killing all of the zombies and apparently all the population as well. But right there, right when that happens, what, what's the, the ending scene that you always remember? Uh, well, well, he opens the, um, the attic door and he said, what's her name again? Tina. Uh, the, the boyfriend opens and he goes, Tina or something like that. Or yeah. he says something ah! and, and it just freeze frames for a second when he comes through as he's about to grab her. So, this is the part that sucks. So thankfully he doesn't get her, but it's because they're all fucking nuked. Mm. And then, so you see the entire fireball and everything, everybody. Well, they said, they said everybody, but it's like, he said 20 miles, 20 square miles, maybe, or 20 blocks. I can't remember, but they made a point. It was just that, Mm -hmm. but it was just that area. So I'm thinking like, "Mm, some got away. Some yeah. got out of there. So you said you didn't know if there was a significance to the um, Independence Day. I think they wanted to try to, I don't know, maybe, this is my opinion, I don't know, um, it be the fact that it was Independence Day for the zombies? Or Ooh, I like that. I don't know. I don't, that's me. That's me reading too much into everything. And you know me, I, I make, mm-hmm. I make shit out of nothing. I will fucking make shit. That person looked at me. They said something in a weird way. I will make <laughs> shit out of everything. So I don't know. That's that. That's me. But I like that, that idea because that. it was like, why bother mentioning that it was July third and that the next day was July fourth? I didn't understand why it was significant. It could the be time, nothing. Yeah, yeah. The time made sense though, so maybe they felt like they needed to add the date. But the time mm. was significant in that yeah. it went wrong fast. Oh um, God. He calls the colonel guy calls his boss, whoever that is, say that everything has been taken care of. Mm-hmm. He thinks that the rain will put out all the fire oh, fires yeah, in yeah. town. He's uh-huh. preparing the visit for the president the next that day eee! to view the area that's been hit. And while eee. he talks, corpses are being woken up by <laughs> acid rain. <laughs> and then that skeleton and rises now we the see ground. the skeleton <laughs> open its <laughs> mouth and then like that song. <laughs> Yes, I always love that. It, now that ending could always, no matter how little I was, how scared I was throughout the whole movie, that ending always put me in a good mood because it looked and comical. I don't know why. It, it looked does. funny, and then the music—it was just a nice break from what was happening. <laughs> and it's interesting because the special effects guy did like that part, and it was highlighted. But the thing was that people loved it. People it's loved great. that thing coming out of the ground. And I was like, I love it. And it's strange because the, the ending leaves it at they're fucked. Mm. The acid rain is going to wake up everything <laughs> in the area. But yep. we saw that as, whoa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always pictured this song, uh, uh, The Right to Party. You got to fight for your right. And I, I'm going to sing it bad. I sing everything bad. But anyway. Um, How does it go? I don't want to say it because you're going to be. I don't remember how it goes. You're doing that on purpose. I (laughs) said.
but no, yeah, I, I I love this ending. So many reasons. The that like I said, when he comes through the attic and he he says her name, and then they're he's gonna get them, but he doesn't get them. But then they're all fucking dead. They're all dead because they got nuked. None of them survive that. Um, and then. Oh my God, like you said, we're all fucked. So, and then the ending with the, I know I keep saying, coming, saying over and over the things, but that's what made it so good. When the, the fucking skeleton came out in the music, it just gets me jazzed up every single fucking time. So yesterday I'm laying in bed, fucking writhing in pain, feeling, feeling that lady, that, that torso lady, I'm feeling her pain when she's on that, on the slab. And, um, but yet at the end, I could still get excited and be like, yeah, all right, rock and roll. <laughs> and I actually get excited when I see um, the zombie movies now, the zombie movies. And one of my favorite things in them is when there's like a half person because of this woman for some reason. And then, uh, you know, they did that in The Walking Dead in the in the first season. Yeah, they with did. The half. But that it scares me. The thought of a half person coming at you just, and it gets me all excited. And this one, it it survives the time. It survives it. Uh, Sean, because he was a first time viewer. So I was able to interview him after the movie. Loved the movie. He said, Aww. first of all, I didn't know he'd never seen it. And I'm like, how do you not see this movie? You're like old. <laughs> You know, because he wasn't allowed to watch movies when he was Yeah, but a kid. he's been an adult longer than he was a kid. That so is there's true. no excuses. And now. I've seen it, you know, but most of the time, you know, I think they ignore me when I'm watching movies because they're like, Oh, mom's watching a horror movie again. So they can they can tune me out. But he watched it, he watched it all attentively and thought it was great. He was like, he was like that. It's it's great. He was like uh, the the talking zombies, the the music, the setting, everything. He was like, and it was really fun. Like he called it fun, and I, that's what I like to enjoy a movie. And to see somebody watching it for the first time, it was hard not to keep going. You know what you do when you're like. <laughs> That's but awesome. Oh, but I'm glad he that. liked it because this one this one is on my top favorites movies of all time. Just because of the the nostalgia, the the effects, the 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 mood that it puts you in, the different feelings, the emotions, like you got something new out of it this time when you watched it. Uh, I still got that anxiety from the moaning. I still do it. Because oh yeah, that anxiety, that moaning. Did I, I? I I'm pretty. Yeah, I did say already in the beginning how I I was telling Camille also earlier that what I just shared earlier in the beginning of, of this episode that I could, I remember I had, I was just so convinced I could hear the fucking moaning in the alley. I mean, like that's how stupid I was as a kid. I could hear the moaning. Cause you remember Johnny, our brother, our younger mm -hmm. brother, he, 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 he was fucking spoiled as fuck. And he had his own room. <laughs> he had his own room. <laughs> But he was terrified to sleep alone. So we used to like, uh, sometimes it was me. I think Alma did it a few times too. We would go and we'd lay down with him so that he could calm the fuck down, you know, in his, in his palace of our own room. And, but he, his room was right next to the alleyway. And so, um, I, I, and I told Camille too, it's funny, like I had convinced myself like it was fucking zombies moaning or anything. It was probably just fucking cats in heat because the, the, heat, the, the, the alley was just full of cats. And I don't know why you're rationalizing it, Dalia. Those are, <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to rationalize that it wasn't zombies out there. Uh, 
under <laughs> but our house. I swear I uh, oh yeah that's right because our house our house was weird it was lifted oh my god our house did not have a foundation how the fuck did this house not have a foundation <laughs> it was on literal bricks our house was on bricks we were a tiny people Dahlia we were a <laughs> tiny people so and there was like a, I remember one prominent hole but there was like uh, because of the wood was like real no shit wood we had real no shit wood floors would have like you know how wood naturally has holes in it you could see down to the ground so yeah our house was basically fucking movie that could be a fucking scary movie oh my i mean a movie a house that could be in a scary movie or be the scary movie yeah we didn't have we didn't have a chance in our childhood no and i didn't like rationalizing the things that i saw or heard as a child it's like why bring you know sane thought into the picture when you could be absolutely terrified all the time but i like that you remember the the money i was going to bring up maybe you were having some you know um night terrors or sleep paralysis episodes I could have, yeah. here because i i have a lot of auditory hallucinations a lot very common just like uh the night before last it's always sounds banging um i hear banging and knocking screaming and then um my name being yelled is one of my favorite things so i was sleeping because i, I hurt my back and the, the second I fell asleep, I heard someone scream really loud. And I hate that because then it jolts me back awake and I had just fallen asleep. And so I'm thinking, maybe that was happening to you. You were hearing that moaning. I don't know why it's always screaming and hearing my name all the huh. time. But, but you know, we know it's that and it's not ghosts, right? It's not ghosts. <laughs> it's not ghosts and zombies. Oh, shut up. But um, I thank you, Alma, for picking this movie because this was great. I love watching it again. Like I said, even though I got a different feeling this time, I like that. I like that I can rewatch something. And like, first of all, I love that I forget shit because then it's like watching a new movie sentence because like I said, I couldn't remember what happened at the end. I'm like, how did they get out of that attic? And then when I watch, it's like, oh, yeah, they all fucking die. It was sad <laughs> because some of them look like they could have survived. Yeah. But yeah. also the best thing, too, is that they work together. Most they did. Most of the time, mm -hmm. people will separate. No, these these people were very different. They were, yeah. they were old people and young people and the mm -hmm. punks and, yeah. and the norms. <laughs> and but, the norms. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I like that a lot. That, uh, they, like you said, they're all different. They work together. They got separated. Yeah, and even when they got separated, there was something uh, going on. It's not. It wasn't like. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm just saying that I like this because I could go on forever, and I don't want to bore the fuck out of everybody. That's but true. I, I just really but liked I'm, it. Not about boring it, but the fact that we love the movie. The movie is great. So thanks, thanks for. Um, listening along and we hope you watch this movie again or watch it for the first time it's great it's like seriously I if call... you haven't watched it yet come on where did we where did what are you gonna I lose um oh fuck what did i watch it oh it's hbo max i watched it on hbo max oh I don't yeah know where you watched but it. it's it's available in a few spots though it is okay. hbo max and i think um I can't remember where else, but it was actually three choices I had. Because you know how okay. we always go to where? Yeah. I like to enter the movie and see where can I watch it. And it just so happened yeah. I had the HBO Max thing open already because yeah. I was searching so, up on my iPad. If you haven't watched it yet, HBO Max, if you have it, but it is available other places. Mm -hmm. But uh, try first at the places you have subscriptions. It was great, great, great. Even if you've seen it a million times, still watch it again. Watch it with someone who's never watched it. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Thank you, Alma. Thank you for picking this one out. Happy early birthday to Yay. You. Happy
happy birthday, every birthday to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't hate Spicy it, Latina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dolly and I wore the same shirts today. How embarrassing. What? We showed up to work today. We're in the same shirts. <laughs> Aren't we cute? <laughs> Adorbs. All right. Okay. Alma, I love you. Thank you for suggesting love this you, movie. Sissy. Happy early birthday, you old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Young bitch. All right, everybody. Okay. So that's it for this month. We'll see you all next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you.